Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Mastering the four pillars of marketing. Today we are going to discuss more about marketing, about these pillars and learn more how to satisfy customers. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Kirk Days. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me. A big pleasure. Wanna learn more about marketing? You know, I found that I'm a student. I keep learning every single day, you know. For me, it's hard to find the day when I can't learn something new because marketing is huge. It's impossible to know all marketing and I don't understand people who can share on LinkedIn, their guru, no? <laughs> professionals, no? everything. Guys, it's impossible to, to learn a teeny percent of new information that are coming every single day. Kir, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, about your business that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, for sure. First off, I'm Kirk Days. I'm the Senior Growth Marketing Manager at Skydio. They're a leader in autonomous drone AI. Just imagine a flying Tesla. That's what they do. Before that, I ran a marketing department for a national distribution company. And before that, I ran an ad agency and had clients literally all over the world. I've worn every type of marketing hat you can imagine from being the copywriter to running ads to SEO to email marketing. And 1,010%, I am not an expert. Uh, actually, when I onboard people on my team or contractors or work with people, whenever I see somebody say they're an expert, I always cringe and get worried. I'm definitely like you guys and like you, a student of the craft. So I'm always trying to learn, always trying to experiment, uh, always trying to grow. That's the only way to do it when it comes to marketing. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Yeah. And you know, uh, I usually do the same. You know, you mentioned about your background, writing, SEO. And you know, it's interesting that uh, when I try something new, I don't hire people because I usually try myself and I always fail. For example, I started PR campaigns. Uh, I wrote a lot of press releases. Um, I don't remember exactly the number, but uh, a bunch of press releases. I pitched them. Uh, I got no links, no mentions, but I learned how it works. Then I hired experts, specialists who can provide great results. And today we got mentions on CNN, Forbes, many other great resources. But I learned the process, you know, by making my hands dirty, you know, and I think it's the same with anyone. If you want to cooperate with great people, manage them, hire them, because even to hire the right people, you need to understand how it works. Okay, Kirk, I'm interested about this uh, four pillars of marketing. Can you list them and uh, describe each point you know a little bit yeah for sure so when you reached out you said what do i what do i want to talk about and i was like we could talk about anything nothing's nothing's off limits uh, i checked out some of your content and i was thinking you know maybe what would be good is to start what i call the four pillars of marketing i'm not the one who invented this there is some marketing guru who came up with this i a thousand percent rip it off and i encourage all of you guys to do the same so four pillars are very simple one create demand two, capture demand, three, convert demand, and then finally, four, champion demand. So when you're gonna run a campaign, this is a framework for you to leverage. How are you gonna create demand? What tactics are you gonna use? In your example, you created a PR piece, you created blogs. Um, how are you gonna get people to go there? Well, you're using probably SEO, maybe even some ads. How are you gonna convert them? You probably have like a pop-up or a button on the page or something to push them down the funnel. 
And then how are you going to champion them, champion that demand? And this is the one where I see a lot of campaigns not take advantage of. So you spend all this time and effort building the campaign, launching, getting everybody invited, excited. And then you forget to say, hey, can you share it with 300 of your closest friends? Or you don't give them, you don't inspire them. You don't give them a reason to share that content. So how do you make those people who find your content champions of your content? Yeah, nice, nice. You know, uh, I want to ask about one aspect that all marketers need to consider. Uh, it's uh, creativity. You know, uh, let me share a short story. Uh, Lloyd uh, Richards published a book 11 years ago, and he spent 14 years to write a single book. 14 years to write a book. Yeah, I can't imagine. How, you know, 14 years, it's like more than a decade. You need to write a single book. Then, after publishing, he couldn't sell this book for 11 years. So he spent some marketing budget, sales. He got some random sales, but far away from uh, good sales. Then his daughter posted uh, content on TikTok uh, from... Uh, an account with zero followers. Uh, this video became viral. Plus 50 million people watched this video. And today this book is bestseller on Amazon. And you know, it's interesting. Of course, I watched this video. You know, uh, I want to get uh, 50 million views as well. But you know, <laughs> uh, what I found uh, on this video, it's not nice looking design. Simple design, nothing special. But this video, uh, short video, by the way, less than a minute shares uh, a story about this book, how this book was written like uh, uh, for 14 years, and it creates curiosity uh, to read this book. You know, it creates the feeling that I need to read this book because the author spent 14 years to write a single book. Um, and uh, I want to ask you about creativity because I see when uh, companies usually replicate competitors. They, you know, come to marketers and tell them, uh, my competitors, I want their traffic, I want their sales, do something, <laughs> uh, create the similar content, you know, but it's important to stand out from the rest. Uh, you know, I love this book from Seth Godin, uh, Seth Godin, uh, Purple Cow. You don't need to read this book to understand what this book means, you know, but uh, you mean, uh, that means you need to stand out from the rest. Can you tell how to stand out from the rest and to be creative? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to unpack a little bit of what you were saying too, the reason most marketers uh, check and see what their competitors are doing and copy it is because their competitors have that advantage, right? They have something going on for them and they know like, okay, if I copy this framework, maybe I can steal some of that wealth from my side. Um, the problem is, you know, audiences, they know what, what's authentic. They see through it. They see like, okay, what's different from you versus the competitor? You need to have your own voice. Um, one thing that I think is huge for us marketers is experimentation. And this ties directly into creativity. Uh, I'm a strong believer that the reason a website exists is to experiment. Like we don't know what we don't know and that's okay. There's a lot of learning to be done. Um, when, it terms, when it comes to creativity, uh, a great thing that I've been telling people, pitching to people is give the owner what they want. So example, a lot of times it's not just the marketer who says, okay, I'm going to copy that competitor. That's coming from the higher ups. That's them saying, hey, I have a playbook that I used at my last company or I saw so-and-so use that I want you to do. So give it to them. 100% give them what they want. A good example, create a landing page, 
doing everything they want, the copy, the images, the video. And then what you should do is consider duplicating that landing page, hiding it from search engines. And that's where you can experiment. That's where you can have fun with visuals and copy and let that run for a while, drive some paid traffic to it, and then come back and say, okay, look, we've got version A, version B. This is what we learned from version B. Can we implement it on version A? And that's really, it's not enough just to be creative. You need to have data behind your creativity. And this is something where um, like anybody can go like, okay, I'm going to make this awesome ad. You're going to love it. Well, great. What, what are the KPIs? What metrics should I expect? This is something. So when you have that conversation, you can say, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to run this experiment. We're going to come back to you with hard data. We're going to let the numbers guide us. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell more about KPI, how to calculate this data? You know, for example, because I see when people uh, are chasing vanity metrics like volume, likes, comments, you know, I don't care about uh, traffic if I can't sell with this traffic, even if I get a million people, you know, but <laughs> uh, if nobody cares about my products, why I need to have them? So, yeah, and uh, I see this trap all the time when people yeah. get a lot of traffic, uh, uh, views on social media, likes, comments, but nobody uh, buys this product. So uh, your tips how to calculate this KPI to get the right ROI. <laughs> I think it's so important to know your audience, right? So if you're talking, for example, to the CMO, he's probably not gonna care that much how many likes a post got. But if you're talking to the social media manager, you know, that's a good KPI. That's a good KPI to say like, hey, your post, it's working and people are engaging with it. So one, know your audience, know who you're speaking to. Um, two, not everything that you do is the same campaign, or same, sorry, same KPI. Um, the mythology that I try to tell people is keep it dumb. Whatever you do, do it dumb. Dumb stands for is doable, understandable, measurable, beneficial. So when you're coming up with your KPIs, give it the dumb test. If it's not a yes for all four of those, rewind and go back. Um, in terms of like, like SEO, so SEO has different KPIs, right? You're not going to see it overnight. That's a long-term game. In terms of ads, it depends on the platform. It depends on what you're doing with the campaign. Are you doing video ads? So video ads, you want views, you want engagement. Are you driving people to your website? Then you want them to convert. You want them to take the, take an action. Uh, keeping it keeping things simple uh, will save you a lot of time. So definitely recommend that one as well. Yeah, simplicity is very important. Yeah, I remember this book uh, from Joe Sugarman. He wrote about simplicity that you need to start from uh, simple short sentences because if uh, you know uh, i often see when uh, webmasters uh, create long sentences hard sentences you know that uh, even advanced users need to spend a few times to read them but in most cases people bounce you know that's why we have this bounce rate high you know when people open they can't understand why they need to figure out to spend time they it's better to bounce and find uh, another website that can simplify their experience can you tell about simplicity uh, for example you know what i usually see when uh, companies create websites and try to sell almost all their products in home page like to list uh products catalogs you know but if i open apple.com i see i only see iphone nothing else you know yeah. uh, i yeah. can scroll down to find other products but in the first screen only iphone 
the quote make difference you know short quote uh, nice looking picture and it's very simple real simple but customers love it customers buy it so can you tell about uh, how to find the balance for example between apple and amazon because on amazon i can get everything from one page i mean like from uh, top funnel to bottom funnel i can find descriptions uh, price uh, reviews uh, text everything so your tips how to find the balance between apple and amazon <laughs> yeah for sure i think first call out uh, don't be apple be the next apple right apple could publish a page on a rock today and it will go viral tomorrow most likely you don't have that ability and again that's okay embrace those flaws embrace those opportunities um, what Apple does well, and what you could consider is when you're launching like new pages, launching a new website, they know their audiences. They have an insane amount of data and they have a brand to back up what they say. So again, keep it simple. Have one landing page, make sure you're talking to one audience. Uh, know that your homepage is most likely going to get the most traffic on your entire website. So it's okay to, you know, reference different sections of what you offer in different solutions. But also don't take that as an opportunity to deep dive and make it confusing. You know, you want to deep dive on those pillar pages that are specific landing pages for your solutions, not on the home page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. I want to ask you about how to create demand in saturated market, you know, because uh, in any niche, we have a lot of competitors uh, and they're looking for customers as well. So we need to find another way or how to differentiate our proposition so any tips how to create this demand yeah i think what you should do is you need to have an honest conversation with yourself and ask yourself what is it that you and your team and your company not just do really well but do great what is that because there's no way you're going to be able to excel at everything most likely you have budget cons constraints most likely you have bandwidth issues so what is it that you do really well just have an honest conversation um let's take SEO as an example. Okay, so we can say SEO, this is where I'm going to put all my eggs in. So from there, really build out that plan. What does that look like? So everything we do needs to address SEO. From the videos, are they optimized? From the landing pages, are they optimized? Are we building on-site, off-site backlinks? Are we having internal backlinks? I think the secret here is one, identify what is it that you have the resources to win at. And then two, don't be scared if you don't see results in two months, three months. You have to commit to this, right? There's a lot of competition that's saturated. It's not something you're gonna see overnight. You're not in it for the long, you're not in it for the short-term games, you're in it for the long-term wins. So you gotta make sure that you stick with it long enough to give it a chance to really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's not sprint, marathon. You know, think about marathon and marketing is huge. Uh, you know, digital marketing, many things that you can do, you know, many different channels. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, how you usually unite uh, branding and marketing? Because, uh, for example, you know, my son never asked me to buy new sneakers. He always asked me to buy Nike. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> so probably in school he uh, got it from other people. Uh, other students they can share their experience i don't know it's better to ask him and next time i will ask him <laughs> but you know can you tell about branding how it's important to create strong brand recognition uh yeah and unite with marketing 
Yeah, I feel like the first version of your website, and maybe even up to version like three or even seven, it's a lot of people doing things that they think is right. It's a lot of like, okay, this is what our brand should be. This is what our voice should be. It's a lot of just putting it out there. But ultimately, we don't decide what our brand is. The customer does. They're the ones who go off on social media and they talk about us and they say, hey, did you see what, what so-and-so did and how they reacted? Or they share that email or they don't share that email or they talk about that customer experience. We don't own branding. The customer owns branding. We come in with a hypothesis. We want to be, we want to be perceived as this, X, Y, Z. And this is what we stand for. And then we let the data decide, right? Um, a great way to collect that, Amazon does it. Amazon's the best at it, right? They collect reviews. You want to know how your brand is, read the customer reviews. You want to know how you can stand out as a competitor, read your competitors' reviews and address their concerns, answer, the, answer their pain points, see where they're falling short and say, hey, this is where we can win. Let's create content around that. Let's make videos around it. Let's put that in our, in our next version of our product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I read a few studies and many articles about uh, appealing new brands, uh, well-known brands, and they usually appeal when uh, customers are not satisfied with existing products like Uber, like Zoom, you know, like TikTok, you know, because um, that was painful to find taxi you know that was painful to connect with others uh, and uh, on tiktok you know it's interesting i remember when someone told me uh yeah you can watch these funny videos on tiktok i uh loaded uh, this app and it's the first time when app didn't ask me to register i i, I started to watch these videos without registration so um, i think it's a good job uh, by the way you know it's interesting i removed TikTok because this social media can learn my mind. I don't know how, but uh, TikTok always recommends content that I can't stop watching. Now I can watch like two hours in this content. And after that, I got it. I have no two hours to watch this great content. I uh, I couldn't find the way how to fight with this. Uh, so I decided to remove this app for some time because I can't get the same uh experience on linkedin facebook uh, instagram only on tiktok you know because tiktok knows how to share videos that people wanna watch yeah love this experience uh, that funnel last... just just real just real quick that funnel that you just said where they removed the registration process i think mm -hmm. ultimately that's where b2b is going to go like the, what's great about b2c that i i think has leverage over b2b is that they're always optimizing to push users to the checkout experience you know you come to my website, I want you to buy in the least amount of clicks as possible. What B2B does is they tell this story. They give you those pillar pages, those webinars, all this information. Then they have you meet with a sales rep who qualifies you, who says, hey, I'm going to hand you off to my accountant. And then they qualify you again. And then they install this back and forth. I think the future is going to be what you just said, where it's how do we empower customers? How do we get customers to come to your website and go through that checkout process? You know, steal what B2C is doing. How do we get them to get that information, get the story, and be able to check out right there on the website. I think if you can figure that out, which again, just look at B2C sites, see how they're doing it, um, that's gonna be a huge advantage, right? Uh, someone once said, time kills all deals. So B2B, like the, life, the, the time span for deals are pretty long. So if you can find a way to reduce that, speed up the deal, that would be a huge advantage.
Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember when someone asked me to have a call on Zoom. It's the first time when I got Zoom many years ago. And I replied, I have no time to register. And they, no, you don't need to register. Just uh, click this link. What? I clicked the link and we uh, we got the meeting. Wow. <laughs> so simple. And yeah, so yep. I think, you know, simplicity uh, is the first way which you need to do. And the second to share something for free because customers want to get value first. For example, you can use Google for free, Facebook, any social media you can use for free. So, uh, but for extended services, you need to pay. But uh, if you want to win customers, give them for free because customers want to get this value. Kirk, uh, you mentioned in the beginning about AI. Now, it's hard to ignore this topic today, impossible tomorrow. And um, I started to use uh, AI before ChatGPT today. I use a lot more and we got great results with AI. Uh, yeah, and I found that many marketers use this tool differently. And uh, uh, I see when marketers overuse AI, even great offers who can post on Forbes, Investopedia, many other prominent websites, they overuse AI. So can you tell how to find the balance of overusing and using? Because if you set up prompts like how to play guitar, I'm not sure that uh, ChatGPT will provide something new. Probably valuable, but uh, for me, it's not value if uh, many other websites have it. So uh, any tips how to do it right? <laughs> Yeah, I remember when they when AI was just a conversation, which it wasn't that long ago, right? Just a few months before ChatGPT released itself. And I remember the big fear was, okay, when AI comes out, it's going to get rid of all these white collar jobs. Uh, but all you creative people, all you marketers, you are saved. You're good. Um, the reverse has happened. ChatGPT, like those white collar jobs are fine. And those marketing jobs, there's a sense of fear, like, oh, my God. You know, can I use ChatGPT to write a thousand word blog that has these keywords and links to XYZ and pulls from this information? The answer is yes, and you can do it faster than any marketer could, right? And that's that can be scary. Um, what I recommend is leverage these tools because that's all they are. They're just tools, right? What would you do if you had all the information in the world at your fingertips? Would you ignore it? Would you run from it? No. You would say like, how can I use this to my advantage? The tricky part is, is you just you don't want it to have it replace a hundred percent what you do, right? Again, you're going to lose your brand voice. You're going to lose who you really are. It's not going to be authentic. It's going to be that AI tool. But you do want to give it prompts. You do want to educate it. You do want to show it what good looks like. Um, I've been experimenting with Bard, Google's AI, with Copy AI, and with ChatGPT. Um, these are all amazing resources and tools that for sure you should leverage. The way, uh, another good way to use it is you're going to come up with a marketing plan, put it in a document, give it to these AI tools and say, hey, what else can I do? What am I missing? Where am I falling short? How can I improve it? Let it give you ideas. And then when it gives you those ideas, say, give me five more ideas, make them unique, yeah. <laughs> make them creative, right? Use it, use it to your advantage. Uh, a cool experiment I did with Copy AI. Um, everyone has bandwidth issues. Copy AI is, a, well, it's a copywriting tool. I used it to create blogs for SEO. And what I found exciting about it was I had seven different blogs. I wanted them all to be over a thousand words, have keyword rich, use the information on the landing page, 
And I'm like, okay, great. I have the plan. I have what I, I know what I want to create. And now I just need seven months to create it, to find a copywriter and I need the budget for it. Right. With copy AI, I could give it, I gave it the prompt to the landing page. I gave it my skeleton. I gave it the keywords I wanted to answer. And I said, produce this content. It produced all this, these seven blogs in less than an hour. And it was, this is, it's stuff like that where is it a hundred percent? No, you still have to check it, but it's stuff like that where you can say, okay, this is good enough where I can riff off of it. I can change it for what I want. I could leverage parts of this for other things that I want to do. I definitely think if you're not using AI, if you're not embracing it, you're going to be left behind because the secret's out now. Everybody's using it. Everybody's doing it. Become a student of that tool, you know, leverage it as much as you can play with it, experiment it, figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You remind me, Jeff Coyle, you know, he spoke on my podcast. He's co-founder of Market News, and he told me that in the future we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second company will implement AI, and the third company will be obsolete, <laughs> who can leave <laughs> the trade, you know. So, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think uh, everyone needs to adapt to AI because um, it's the same like farmers when they got first tractor. They got the feeling they can lose their jobs, but they adapted. And uh, I think marketers who created marketing campaigns on TV, radio, they adapted to digital. And uh, you can adapt to AI, you can adapt to augmented reality, to virtual reality, anything that Mark Zuckerberg or Apple will bring to the place when you have experience, you know. <laughs> so you uh, and yeah, it's better to use new technologies. Because uh, yeah. these technologies can't go alone. You need to drive them. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's something else to think about when you're looking at your team, you're looking at the people around you. I always think about that pillar of people process technology, right? You have the right people around you. You create the right process. Now you need that technology. You know, that leads to success if you can identify those strings. And for sure, AI is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, AI is great, but uh, you need to understand your customers, users as well. And uh, what I found today, we have this high bounce rate everywhere. YouTube, website content everywhere. Like most people uh, can bounce for a few seconds. On YouTube, if I remember this data, the average data, like 80% of users uh, bounce in the first 20 seconds. So it's a lot yeah. because, uh, but you know, if I open any video from Mr. Beast, I can't bounce. You know, I can't click this button <laughs> because Mr. Beast knows how to create uh, attractive content. Uh, and um, I remember another discussion with uh, uh, Jim Edwards. He worked in Business Insider 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then the company was sold for $500 million. And he told me that success of business insider depends on creating uh, non-boring content you know most content are boring you know including marketing business niches you know uh, but uh, you know you can share value you can help support but if it's boring people bounce nobody interested with that so can you list effective strategies for capturing customer interest and attention <laughs> yeah for sure so I think first things first, you need to have a foundation where you understand your data, 
So before you even go off and you create that masterpiece, actually know what people are doing on your website. So how do you do that? Uh, you install Google Analytics 4, right? Everyone has that, or you should be converting to it, GA3 sunsetting. But that's not very user-friendly, and that's not something you can take to the CMO. Oftentimes, they're not in it that much where they want to have a conversation with you and not be talked to. So uh, what I recommend is get that data and find a way to visually represent it. There are tools out there that do it. Right now, I'm experimenting with a tool called Funnelytics. And all it does is it plugs into Google Analytics, and then it creates visual mind maps, right? So you have a visual mind map, and then you can say, like, okay, we thought people did this when they came to our blog, but really they do that. We can see things like the scroll rate. We can see things, the bounce rate. Um, the difference is, is that it's all visual, right? So with Google Analytics, it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes. It's not that user-friendly. With a tool like Funnelytics, it's visual. So you can see like, okay, this is what's going on with my website. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's important to consider a conversion rate, you know, to optimize with this metric, uh, because uh, uh, I saw many landing pages, they looked great, but uh, with low conversion rate. And can you tell about adding this call to action? How to add call to action and not to be pushy? I mean, like uh, to tell you need to buy. So I, I see when, you know, big brands provide a good job, uh, you know, by creating the feeling of owning something. For example, Apple, when Tim Cook shared about new Apple Watch, I got the feeling I want to have this gadget. No, yeah, I bought three pairs for me, for my son, for my wife because these guys probably kill me, you know, if I buy only for myself, but, you know, uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, I love Apple, how Apple can create this feeling of owning these gadgets. I, I, I got it. I need to have them because uh, it can help in my life, decide my problems, simplify my experience, you know, many things. So Apple knows uh, my pain points. So can you tell how to submit this call to action? Uh, not to be pushing yeah. uh, about sharing benefits. Yeah, I think there's probably like three core things to look at. The first is go with the basics, right? First off, there, there are sites out there that don't have call to actions, that don't have buttons, that don't put it above the fold. Above the fold is golden real estate. Most of your traffic is going to go there. They're not going to scroll all the way down the web page. So number one, go with the basics, right? Have the button on top above the fold. Um, number two, experiment. Experimentation. You don't know what you don't know, and that's okay, right? So have one version where it says contact us as the main page create an experiment landing page and test out different ad copy, right? So say instead of contact us, be like, do you want to quote? Um, do you want us to hire you? Do you want us to reach out to you? Try, test different things, mess with the placement. And I think number three, so once you have everything set up, you're driving all this traffic to your website and not everybody is going to convert, right? Some people are shopping around. Some people need more education. Sometimes the landing page, to be frank, just isn't good. You're not hitting their pain points enough. And you're going to lose that traffic. So that traffic's called leaky traffic, or that's what people call it, right? They come to your site and then they leak, they go away. You don't need everybody to buy today, but you need them to buy eventually. So how do you capture them? So one thing I've seen work really well is before somebody leaves, creating like a pop-up, an exit intent pop-up saying, hey, 
maybe you're not ready to talk to us now, but do you want to be part of our mailing list so we can reach out to you down the road? And then you put them in that funnel where it's, you know, you spent all this time, money, and energy to get that traffic there. Don't just let them leave without saying goodbye, you know? Make sure you do something to capture that leaky traffic. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice tip. Uh, I want to ask about customer loyalty. You know, it's interesting, for example, uh, my son always uh, asked me to buy Nike. Uh, I love Apple products, uh, anything, uh, MacBook, iPhone, Apple Watch. I love it because of high quality. Uh, and, uh, oh, you know, I'm so proud that my uh, wife doesn't like uh, Louis Vuitton, you know. <laughs> For me, it's better to avoid <laughs> such luxury brands, you know. And uh, I want to ask about loyalty, loyalty because uh, brands can uh, think that customers are loyal but they don't you know it's interesting i mean like uh, for example if samsung will create much better gadget than iphone i will buy samsung you know because uh, uh, i remember interesting quote uh, if you want a loyalty buy a dog you know because a dog can't change <laughs> the owner but uh, if you wanna have loyal customers you need to develop and innovate your products uh, because if uh, that's why big brands invest a lot in innovation uh, they need to share uh, to create much better products all the time because competitors are not waiting they uh, develop and innovate their products so uh, can you tell how to create loyal feeling in marketing how to retain your customers longer because acquiring new customers cost five times more than uh, retaining existing customers. Yeah, I think first things first, give them a platform to voice their feelings, right? The worst thing you, the worst thing that could happen is you have a website, you're driving all this traffic and then your customers run off and they talk to you without you knowing about it, right? You go on Facebook and you're like, oh shoot, so-and-so said this about our brand. I had no idea. And they're not even part of the conversation. And this happens all the time. People are talking about you on YouTube, TikTok, social media, blogs. You want to give them a platform where they can share their feedback directly with you. So how do you do that? There's tools out there you can leverage. Um, there's Trustpilot. There's Yapo. Uh, so you add this to your website. After somebody makes a purchase, like for e-commerce, you can use a tool like Yapo. You can automate it where you say, okay, after they've bought it, 14 days from now, ask them to leave us a review, ask them to reach out to us, give us that feedback, give us the gift of feedback, right? Reviews are huge. Um, and B2B, what does B2B do? B2B, remember, it's a longer sales cycle. Their go-to strategy is, hey, we need a use case. Uh, how do we get the use case? We meet with a customer, we have this webinar, we have this long-form content, we have testimonials. And the game plan is, is that, the people in that niche they're going to see that testimonial and they're going to resonate with it and then they're going to want to reach out to you and buy but what b2b is doing is they're giving them a platform right so another thing you could do on the b2b side is host those webinars um, bring in industry leaders you're going to have people going to the webinar the people who attend reach out to a few of them and say hey I, there's a reason you were here maybe you're not ready to buy maybe you did buy and you had a great experience maybe you bought and you had a terrible experience reach out to those people and say, I want to have you on my next webinar. You know, I don't want to sell to you. I want this to be an authority in our industry. So have that conversation, give them that platform an opportunity to be a voice for your brand. Uh, you know, you unhided my secrets. You know, 
today everyone knows my secrets you know to invite uh great leaders marketers uh who can share value with my audience okay guys you can use the same <laughs> methods and uh, uh kirk i want to ask about uh something that i always do in marketing um it's not only in marketing uh all my life i made a lot of mistakes i keep doing them now especially in marketing because i love to test to experiment to find what actually will work for me so can you list mistakes that marketers can avoid today i mean like for example uh, we have two mistakes the first you can avoid and the second you can learn from experience you know it's not mistake it's like getting knowledge so uh, can you list mistakes that we can avoid today <laughs> yeah sure i i think probably one of the biggest mistakes i see happen and we're all guilty of it myself included is ego we come mm -hmm. into this situation and we think we're hot we think we're the experts we think we're the guru we think we know everything right and i'm constantly reminded through experimentation i don't know what i don't know and it's okay so first things first when you're going to run a campaign when you're when you're starting something new when you're doing something when you're doing it for a long time it's okay to be a student it's okay to mess up it's okay not to know it's okay to tell the CMO, hey, I want to experiment. I want to test this. That's your job. You're supposed to be out there trying to figure out what works and being a little scientist, right? Number two is they don't have any data. Um, this is so this is so this is so overlooked. We spend all this time creating content, driving traffic, spending all this money, putting all this energy, and then we're like, shoot, did I set up a UTM? uh did i remember to check my analytics and i remember to test things before i actually went live it's such a small tiny thing but it's always always overlooked uh so definitely recommend before you launch a campaign make sure you have data in place make sure you have tracking measurements in place make sure you have an idea of what you want to track too maybe you don't know what the goal is maybe you don't know like i want to have x amount of signups for this but have it maybe it's not specific but have an idea like i want this type of range right and number three be realistic so a lot of times you're going to get pressure from the higher ups and says that's going to say we need a billion dollars by tomorrow awesome great let's do it but how are we going to get there let's set some expectations let's have that candid conversation you as a marketer need to have have the have the ability and the confidence to talk to your team, to talk to the CMOs, to talk to your partners, to the stakeholders and say, hey, we wanna do this, I'm with you, I'm on board with you, here are expectations. The worst thing you can do is just take orders and then go in without setting expectations. If you do that, that's when people get upset. Um, in the end, if they don't get what they want, you need to go in there, you need to have those candid conversations, you need to go in with data, right? Have things in place. You need to have a plan that says, hey, this is how we're going to get there. If it doesn't work, we have experimentation. This is how we're going to pivot, right? Set expectations. It's so it's so easy, uh, but it's also really hard. It's really hard to talk to your boss and say, "Hey, I don't know if we're going to make ten billion dollars this month." You know, <laughs> cringe. I, I might get fired. But there's also a level of there should be a level of mutual respect to say, "I want to do this goal too. Here's what I think we can do. Here's going to be those milestones." have that transparency, have that, those conversations. Oftentimes um, here at Skydio and in other places, I refer to myself as the digital doctor. Uh, I got this term from a client of mine I had once when I had an agency and he said, you're like a digital doctor. 
And I, I came to think of it, all of us marketers are like digital doctors, right? You go to a doctor, they're gonna tell you, they're supposed to tell you the good stuff and the bad and give you some type of plan to say, here, here's how we're gonna go forward. You know, you need to have those honest conversations. Yeah, nice, love it, love it. I think, you know, when we started something new, we usually create high expectations. I do know myself, I started many projects with high expectations, but when you get first pitfalls, you know, problems, <laughs> you understand it's not overnight success. You need to have patience. That's why uh, high expectations can discourage. It's better to avoid them and be realistic. It takes time. Some projects take uh, even years, not months. You know, uh, I remember a story about a guy who uh, spent 14 years uh, to create a company. Uh, he's, uh, today he, uh, he has friends like uh, Jeff Bezos, many others. And uh, Jeff called him a crazy guy, you know, because 14 years without sales. Today he, his company, uh, a multi-billion dollar company in uh, 56 countries. And, but uh, he was patient, you know, to achieve these results, you know, just uh, came step by step. And Kirk. My final question to you about uh, your experience, you know, uh, for example, I found that I usually, oh, sorry for my dogs, they, they always take part of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they want to argue. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, I want to ask you, you know, I found that I usually get high results with clients who understand SEO. If they don't, I usually tell them, take my course. Learn from uh, the best experts like Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips. You know, it costs like $20. It's not a lot. It's not my business model, you know, to earn money. But when you get the basic, you can understand why we need to create high quality content, why we need to have uh, site speed, you know, uh, why we need to earn backlinks uh, with white hat SEO that bring traffic, you know, many aspects because. Uh, a lot of topics, go to YouTube, uh, go to Google, just learn, get the basic, then we can cooperate. Uh, can you tell, what will you do today if you started from scratch? Without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in marketing. So your steps, what will you do to learn about marketing? Oh, wow, that's an awesome question. Uh, I would definitely do what you're saying, like, look online, find people who are authorities. Chris Walker, uh, check him out on LinkedIn. He has an insanely cool podcast. I think I think they've changed the name, um, but just look up Chris Walker. He's pretty famous now. Um, other things, I guess it's kind of riffed on SEO. I'd, I would remind people like, keep it, keep it basic. Um, a lot of times there's so much information out there, we get overwhelmed. And we're like, where do I begin? What do I do? Sometimes it's just a matter of just doing it, right? Just getting that video and saying, okay, we're going to have this webinar. Just do it. Um, in terms of SEO, the big things I would tell you to look at are SEO, I would say, comes down to really two parts. There's a million things that go to SEO, but at its core, it's two. On-site SEO, off-site SEO. On-site SEO, it's what you're saying. Is it speed? Do we have the landing pages optimized? Are we using internal linking? Do we have the right keywords? Offsite SEO, are we sharing that content and building backlinks, right? That's it, keep it simple. Um, if I were to start over for like, if I, was, if I was hired for a new company, if I left Skydio, 
what I'd want to do is one, I'd want to understand like, what is the data saying? Let me look at Google Analytics. Let me try to understand what the customer journey is. What is that flow? Two, remind myself, I don't know everything and that's okay. Is there a way though for me to get in touch with the customer, right? So many times we make all these assumptions. We're gonna try this campaign, it's gonna work. I read about it here, I saw it there. You don't need to guess on this stuff. You could actually reach out to a customer. So, and if you can't reach out to a customer, reach out to the sales guy, find somebody who has contact with them. If you can't do that, are you collecting reviews? If you're not collecting reviews, are your customers collecting reviews? Find a way to find out what the customers are talking about in your niche, because they're gonna tell you what they want. They're gonna tell you their pain points. They're gonna tell you what they love, what they hate, right? And then the other thing to look at too is someone once said, and I'm probably gonna butcher this quote, it's really, it's really bad when your competitors know what you're gonna do, uh, but it's worse when your team doesn't. So when you're coming up with your plan, when you're coming into this new situation, meet with everybody, communicate, right? No man is an island. I used to think when I started off marketing that I could do everything by myself and I wanted to wear every hat and just do it all. What I learned is it's better to have a team. It's more fun playing tennis, right? It's more fun rifting with somebody. So for sure, look at who's around you, meet those stakeholders and say, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What, what have you done in the past? Or where do you think we can improve on? Where are we falling short? Have those conversations, be open to feedback. Um, the more feedback, the better, because down the road, you could be like, oh, I spoke to so-and-so. They said, we should try this webinar. We did this webinar. We got these results. This is all, I might've executed it, but it was so-and-so's idea. Let's, let's share that praise. Let's share that credit. Mm -hmm. Nice. Valuable. Love it. Love it, Kirk. It's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love all your valuable insights. Tell our audience the best way, how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. The best and easiest way to get in, talk, get in contact with me is through LinkedIn. So just look me up, Kirk Dace, D-E-I-S. Uh, just reach out, say you saw me on this show, and let's connect, let's talk. Nice. Guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. Uh, thanks again. Love it. So valuable. Welcome back anytime because I love this experience, this valuable insights. Guys, uh, love you and see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.